Wow, I'm stunned you came up with a good topic. <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. Welcome to episode number 136 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the other co-host of this <laughs> fine, fine broadcast, the Brigadier General of the Big Game, Ooh. the one and only Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the hell are you up there in your polar vortex? Yeah, it is it is um, record-breakingly cold here, uh, but yeah, and you know me, I don't like winter anyway, so I'm a little whiny, but other than that, I'm great. How about you? Well, you're always a little whiny, Kirby, <laughs> and I think it's it's high time you uh, acknowledge that. So on behalf of the listening audience, I thank you. But I would also remiss if I didn't thank someone else, Kirby. Who's that, Bill? That would be the good, good goods at Common Skew. You know, we talk about Common Skew. They've been friends of this program for, for many, many years. And they we all know that they're makers of absolute game-changing software, that's designed to help your business run. Yep, for sure. What I'd actually like to talk about now, they've actually launched a new um, event. Are you yes. aware of this? Yeah, sessions, right? That's right, the Common Skew Sessions. So um, I think you know that they host some of the best educational and networking events in the entire promotional products industry in the spring. Yes. Yep, this spring they're kicking off a new multi-city sales conference aimed right at distributors, and it's called the ComSQ Sessions, as you so aptly recalled. Each session is going to be designed to cover the sales funnel from attracting and converting new business through customer retention optimization. So they're going to take you through the entire sales journey of your end user customer. Yeah, and I, I tell you what, I looked at some of the speakers that are scheduled to be on the slate, and I'm, I was like really excited about not only the speakers, but the topics. I think, um, you know, as you said, when Common Skew does an event, they do it right. So I would highly recommend checking this one out. You're definitely going to be learning from experts, Kirby, and they're going to be heading to Dallas, Chicago, Los Angeles, and New York. They're covering literally the entire United States. If you want to learn how you can amp up your sales and up your game and get your tickets, go ahead and visit CommonSkewSessions.com. Learn a little bit more about it. Look at that speaker lineup, and you'll be able to apply those learnings the second you walk out the door, and you're not going to be sorry you did. You will not be sorry you did, my friends. Excellent. So here we go, Kirby. Episode number 136. Are you ready to broadcast at a titanium level today? Uh, you know, I'm sticking with gold. I'm still in the glow of the PPAI Awards, so I'm going I, with gold level. I, I think that's uh, correct. Let's stick with gold. <laughs> Kirby... Why don't you go ahead and start us off with a topic today? Okay, cool. Um, so want to talk a little content marketing. Um, you and I both had the opportunity to do sessions in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. um, had a great time doing that. And I was thinking through, you know how you do after a session? Um, you think, okay, how did this go? Could I have said this differently? And sure. then for me afterwards, I got several questions. I'm sure you did too. Mm -hmm. And one question... Yeah, that, I, I like one question I got is, why do they let you do this? You're really, <laughs> you're really crappy. No, I'm kidding. No, people are nicer than that. Um, they are. But one question I got, you know, how, like, because you're not prepared, much like we do this unscripted thing, um, 
I got a question that had to do with ad blindness. And I've thought about it since, about my answer back to it. And I'm like, you know what? I want to address this with you and mm-hmm. get your take on it as well. Um, so the person afterwards, because I was talking about content marketing and I was talking about social media, mm-hmm. and he was ta- he asked a question saying, look, more and more studies are saying that ad blindness is real. Okay. And so is there a lack uh, maybe is there a different way to do content marketing um, in order to avoid that ad blindness? And I, I kind of skated around it, but then I, I, you know, afterwards I'm like, oh, I could have said this differently. And you know, one of the things I was thinking about, and I think I wanted your take on it, is that content marketing avoids ad blindness mm-hmm. because it's creating something that you're actually going after, as opposed to. Um, you going after the customer, the customer's coming after you. Right. So I sort of wanted your take on the idea of how content marketing fights ad blindness. I, I, it's a good topic, Kirby. Uh, good job. I, I really like this one, actually. Cool. Not that I don't like your other ones. But it's not <laughs> like I, <hate> <laughs> um, I do believe that it, it's, it kind of relates to what you say and, and preach quite a bit, which is we're in a give-first economy. And I think traditional advertising tends to take more than it gives. Yes. Um, and maybe takes not the word, but it certainly asks more than it offers. Maybe yes. that's a better way to put it. And with content marketing, the idea, and I know you and I subscribe to this, the idea with content marketing is you're giving of yourself. Um, it's it certainly, and we both talk about it, I know, in different sessions, but you give of yourself because it's a soft sell. It's not a hard ask. When people get a hard ask, think used car dealer, your immediate sensation is to recoil in some way, shape, or form and, right. and, and tense up. But when you're giving an offering of yourself, you're really trying to build a relationship, and it may or may not result in actual business down the road. I, I don't know if it does or not. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. But the more you give of yourself, I think the more people are open to listening to you as opposed to buy this, do this, sell that. So I, I absolutely agree that it avoids the the ad blindness, yeah. uh, for lack of a better term. I think people are just more open to receiving content that they either that will either educate them mm-hmm. um, and help them in their business, maybe entertain them. I mean, I've always said. The one thing I think we have done a pretty good job at with this specific podcast is edutainment, right? Right. It's a little entertaining because I think you and I have such tremendous chemistry. And we've talked about if one of us decides not to do this podcast, (laughs) Unscripted dies with it. Um, It's not going to be Unscripted with your new host. Um, It's just not because it's what makes it, I think, as successful as it is because it's you and me. Second of all, you you really are we're giving we're giving and we're entertaining we're so we're hopefully educating and hopefully entertaining in the same moment and I think that's why this type of content marketing works and I think the same works for blogs or vlogs or any other content. Yeah, and I think it's the difference between push and pull, right? Yep, and and same I think thing. it's such a mental switch for people because I I went through the whole session and we talked a lot about that, but then still it's like yeah, but and that you know what about ad blindness? And I'm like. This has nothing to do with ads. Um, it really does ed- about ed- education and entertainment. And, and, you know, it is the difference between you seeking out customers and customers seeking out you. That's, right. th- that's the huge difference. And so it was one of those moments where I'm like, man, I wish I would have answered that question differently. And uh, I wanted to kind of get your take. So cool. You have my take, sir. Yes, absolutely. So 
I want to bring it back to more just business development, something okay. we don't talk probably enough on this podcast about. Okay. So it's it's as this drops, it's going to be February 1st, right? Right. And so already the first month of the year is gone, and it's gone in a blink, but it's still the beginning of the year. And so most people, salespeople, especially um, in organizations, are focused. One of their primary focuses this time of year is prospecting for new business. Right. Right. They have new business goals. They've defined what those goals are from a revenue perspective and maybe even a number of accounts and type of accounts. So there's many different ways to do it. So they're dedicated prospecting. I want to know, as a distributor, okay, mm -hmm. what are your prospecting tips? And specifically because you have a new employee right. who's reasonably new to the industry. Bree's been in the industry about a year, right? Right. Yes, okay. that's correct. How are you guiding her from a prospecting perspective in the promotional products industry. So essentially, what are your prospecting tips as a successful distributor, Kirby? You know, I, I think each salesperson is a little bit differently because you got to play to your strengths. So one of the things, speaking specifically to um, Bree and speaking to some of the younger salespeople in the industry, they're very comfortable doing the, um, the online prospecting. So right. um, LinkedIn or Facebook or, you know, any kind of social media stuff. So with them, I actually kind of go old school. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, because emails and sometimes phone calls are easy to get rid of, I actually say that there is by targeting specific accounts that you want to, um, um, that you want to get business with, mm -hmm. it's, it's going back to the basics mm -hmm. to a degree because I think so many times we're trying to send LinkedIn messages. We're trying to, I think, and those are tools in the toolbox, right? Yep. You want to engage, you want to curate, you want to do those things. But I also think that creating a target list of 10, 20, 50 accounts that you're very specifically going to target and going direct mail, going phone call, going face-to-face -face still has a ton of value. And not only still has a ton of value, I think much like a lot of um, the world, when everybody zigs, zagging makes a ton sure. of sense. Absolutely. And that's what I've been preaching a lot to our team is that mm -hmm. getting face-to-face -face meetings is an action that begets action. Agreed. Does that make yeah. sense? And so, Absolutely. like, because it, when you look at it, for, for us, our sales funnel tends to be like, okay, we reach out something proactive, whether it's a phone call or a meeting mm -hmm. or a face to face, then, then usually that begets a follow up or a presentation. Right. And then that, you know, it, it kind of pushes things down the, the, sure. the way. So, that's, that's sort of what I've been preaching to our team is like, yes. Um, social media, and you know how I feel about it, social mm -hmm. media content, it's a huge piece. But I yeah. think so many times we lean on one piece as if, you know, we have a hammer and everything's a nail. Mm -hmm. It's only one tool in the toolbox. So I think it's a, that, that, I hope that answers your question. It, it, it does. So can I add to that? Which means yeah, please. I don't care if you say yes or no, I'm going <laughs> to anyway. So... Um, absolutely. So I, I know that there's so many people who focus on the online portion of prospecting. And yes, that is a tool. But I'm going to go ahead and say this, and, and you're, I don't think you're going to agree with me. I think um, online prospecting is a tool that's diminishing in its, in its effectiveness. And therefore, the time you spend prospecting using either social media mm -hmm. or um, email, uh, direct email or electronic communications is diminishing a little bit. Um, I think it's an important tool, don't get me wrong, but I think so much more uh, action is required. So what you said, you know, getting out from behind your desk, going yes. and seeing people when you can, because I know that's difficult, but it's very easy to ignore a, uh, a sales email, a right. salesy email, right? 
And so, mm-hmm. to me, salespeople who focus only on that very safe way of prospecting, yeah. sitting behind my desk, t- spending three hours crafting the perfect email that is going to just, man, it's going to move people to action. And, and I always say when people do that, you know, it might take you three hours to craft that per- perfect message. It still takes me a quarter of a second to delete it. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, the, people spend so much time behind their desk trying to craft that perfect call to action because it's safe. And quite right. frankly, it, it if you focus only on that, right. okay, I'm not saying you shouldn't do some of that. You absolutely should. But if you focus only on that, and I think we know salespeople sometimes do, right. they focus solely on that, hiding behind their desk, hiding behind a computer screen, then they wonder why their sales aren't growing, why their new business isn't growing. Yes. And they're not hitting their goals. It's because it's lazy, quite frankly. It's lazy. Yes. It's real easy to sit behind a desk and think, well, I sent 50 emails today. Right. And I, I, made, I, I engage people on social media. And to me, that's focusing on the icing and not the cake, which mm. is, is kind of a, a, a fallacy. You know, if you have a really dry cake that doesn't taste good, I don't care how awesome your icing is. Right. And so I love what you said, that it's, it's a nice mix. To me, if, if I'm coaching a sales team, um, it's showing up. Mm-hmm. It's definitely showing up. It's in, in, and it might not be an in-person communication but it is picking up the phone right. it is leaving a message and because that's what you're going to have to do a lot and it's sure. going to have to engage people on a multitude of different platforms and it's giving before you ask and we talked yes. about that with your social media uh, question earlier um, in terms of ad ad blindness yeah so, and it's so funny that you say that because literally today okay so mm-hmm. i'll give you a very specific example it's one of my pet peeves so I, whether it's Twitter, but LinkedIn in particular right now, I really like LinkedIn. I, I, I'm using it a lot, I'm engaging a lot, and I've had a lot of success with it. And part of the reason is, the moment I connect with you, I don't go in for a sale. Right. It is amazing to me how many times I connect with somebody and the very first connection, they're like, hey, you want USB drives? Hey, you want this? Exactly. You want, like, it's like, oh my God, I don't know who the hell you are. Back no, off. It, it's, almost like, it's almost like a guy in the street with a really weird overcoat opening yes. up say, you want to watch? It's exactly what it is. And, and so turn, yeah. that's, the, that's the piece is like they go straight for the sale. Build a relationship. Um, one of the, and I'll tell you, whether it's sales... I've drawn this analogy a lot here lately in the sense that social media and content are actually more like real life than we give yep. them credit for. Um, if you wouldn't do it at a, at a cocktail party, you probably shouldn't do it online. Right. Um, you know, when like that person who has been, you know, since Trump's been in office, have posted 17 times a day that they don't like him. The same was true about the person who didn't like Obama. Right. We get it. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. tell me that at a cocktail party. And if you did, I wouldn't invite you again. And so it, the same is true, I think, in the sales piece. You want to act like a human. Well, and that's the thing that gets lost. So many people are looking for this. Hey, man, what's a quick way to grow my sales? <laughs> you know what it is? Work. Yeah. Be authentic. Be you. Show up. Give specific value. And make your client feel like they are robbing you blind by doing business with you. There's your secret. Thank you. I'm now your life coach. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where if you want a quick way to grow your sales, focus on your long-term success. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So thank you. I, I thought, you know, I think it's a good conversation for us to have periodically about prospecting. We, d- we don't talk enough about that sales process. So Kirby, you got another topic for us? 
I do. This one's super current. I just saw it uh, on LinkedIn as a trending story, and I thought it was interesting. Um, so I don't know if you've seen anything about this, but Apple recently announced that they blocked a Facebook research app. Have mm -hmm. you seen anything about this? I have not. Okay. So I'm going to give you just a super quick um, synopsis. Please so do. Apple blocked a Facebook app in the distribution after TechCrunch revealed that it granted social networking giant access to all data on the user's phones. Wow. Yeah, Facebook had recruited 13 to 35-year-olds through social media advertisements to install this research app. They were paid $20 a month for access. Mm -hmm. And so um, Apple said, no, not so much. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I think it's an interesting trend where, boy... I'm a Facebook fan, yep. but when you headline read this, it's a little disturbing that they're creating access where they, they get access to everything yeah. on your phone. Yeah, well, I always, so I've, I've um, over the last month or so, and you may or may not have noticed this, I have no idea, but I'm starting to become very disillusioned with Facebook. Okay. Um, and actually, I'm becoming kind of disillusioned with social media altogether. I'm kind of going through that phase, and I know we all go through that phase. Um, I'm, I'm tired of the phoniness. I'm tired of the, as you so perfectly put it, um, comparing your real life to someone else's highlight reel. Yeah. And then, so I already feel kind of icky about that stuff because I don't like who I become sometimes mm. when I post something and I find myself checking back because I'm <laughs> yeah. human. Yep. And I start chasing likes. I start chasing comments, or not even chasing them, but just wondering. And, uh, you know, hey, did somebody see this? Did they read it? Did they like it? Did they comment? And I don't like who I become, quite frankly, with mm. that. And, and I think I'm probably saying what a lot of people are thinking internally. So I'll go ahead and be bold and say it. I don't like who I become a lot of times on social media. And so I've intentionally scaled back and only really, I certainly post things for business, no question. I, I do that because it's part of, part of what I do. But I've, I've scaled back on the personal stuff. I've scaled, so I'll post something that I think is funny, but I just post it and then move on and look at it again. So right. when I see a headline or hear something what you're saying, that there's all sorts of data mining going on, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to be foolish and say that that shocks me. It, it yeah. doesn't. I think we are all foolish if we think that there's not a dozen organizations, both <laughs> both um, from a public, public and private sector, that has access to all of your data. Um, I think we'd be foolish to think that that's not the case. Right. We click privacy settings and we change our passwords and we think we trust this organization. Hey, Facebook is an incredibly intricate, complex tool that none of us pay a dime for. Right. The cost that's extracted is access to your data. So if you don't think to make money, that they're not mining some of your data and selling it, you're you're being a moron, quite frankly. Right. Um, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, you, you want to get creeped out, say out loud near your uh, Amazon Echo device, Talk about a product you're thinking of buying. Then go on the internet a few <laughs> seconds later and notice how that same product you just saw is now in your is, – is on a Google AdWord that you've just – on a site, on Facebook perhaps, or it's on uh, any other website. You don't even have to go to Amazon. 
right. so I mean, that data is shared, and it's shared at such a speed you and I can't even comprehend it. Yeah. So. I'm not getting all big brother on you. I'm just saying that doesn't surprise me. Um, So I think it's one of those things. You agree to be on Facebook. You agree to share those things. You can click all the things you want, but you're foolish if you don't think it's not being shared, mined, stored, and used. Yeah, I think that's what it is, is I think there's a, a level of just being naive, Right. Yeah. Like when when you sign up and be a part of this, I think that's one of the things that you and I share in common in the sense that we're like, well, yeah, of course, yeah. marketers are doing this. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk a long time ago said marketers ruin everything. Right. Yeah. Like he, he uses the example of email. And back when we used to get email and be excited to get email. Ooh, I right. got, you've got mail. Right. Um, and now it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> every day you're trying to siphon through a thousand emails. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't think I'm surprised by this, but yeah. I was I think it's one of those pieces where you just go every once in a while. It does feel a little sci fi and a little bit creepy. Sure. Well, look, it, it is dovetails right back into the the conversation we were having earlier which is look there's all this data out there um and you'd be fool it, it's all cyclical right yeah that, that's we you know, prospecting it, it goes through all these different machinations and then you're you what's old is new again right right, right. and we, we've talked about on the podcast a couple times i'm sure at this point how we as an industry are very poor at using our own products to support our own new business initiatives right um and so i'm, I'm working with a, a customer right now in fact one of the promo rescue um recipients mm-hmm. i'm talking about how to roll out the new brand right. and i my suggestion was definitely send an email to a sec of your 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 prospects let them know hey new brand we're going to work on the wording of that email i said but with your current customers and a subset of your your top uh prospects we're going to come up with a, a handwritten thank you card or a handwritten not thank you card but a handwritten a note card and we're going to close a promotional product in there yeah it's crazy well it's good. She, <laughs> and, and she's like oh wow oh, that that's a great idea and i and i think Gosh, how sh- shame on all of us for not thinking about that. So yeah. my point with all this is what's old is new again. And I do think people are going to start pulling away from social media a little bit um, in terms of how personal they share things. Right. Right. So, you know, you're not going to see probably a lot of pictures of me and my family these mm-hmm. days. Okay. Um, am I going to share a picture of uh, a juxtaposition uh, where at the Longhorn Ballroom in Dallas, that one night the Sex Pistols played and the next night Merle Haggard played? Yes, <laughs> you're going to see that because I think that's funny and I think that's worthy of, of sharing. Uh, it gives me joy to share. I don't need validation anymore from social media. And so, you know, I think that's what, when, when Facebook was created, it creates this false validation we all start chasing. Yeah. And I know I'm going way off topic here, but this no, is obviously top of mind for me for this week. We chase this validation instead of trying to get validation from real life. Yeah. And and so I'm, I'm really trying to focus on getting my validation from people I, I know, love, and trust and like. Um, and I don't need validation on, on Facebook. You know, I'm trying to move away from that. But again, being human, it's not going to be easy because sure. I'm, I'm just as addicted to it as anybody else. Sure. Cool, man. Cool. All right. Wow. That went a weird turn. So, <laughs> Kirby. All right. So, I wanted to chat with you. You and I have been in the industry, both of us, about 20 years. Let's just call it close enough for, for government work. Okay. 
I was kind of thinking about how the industry's changed in the last 20 years, and, and it's changed radically, especially sure. the last five or six. And so I'm kind of calling it the corporatization of our industry. Our industry was really founded on dozens and hundreds and thousands of small businesses kind of working together to create these magical nuggets of delight, um, marketing delight for end-user clients, right? Mm -hmm, Putting logos and names and advertising. What a wonderful advertising vehicle promotional products is. But there's so much venture capital money involved now. There's so many companies that are part of Fortune 500 companies now. So you talk about corporate. I mean, they're part of Fortune 500 companies. Do you ever get concerned? I don't think this has to be a long conversation. I think I know your answer, but I'd really like your thoughts. Do you think that this corporatization of the industry, and there has been a corporatization. I don't think there's any argument there. Maybe you disagree. So if you do, let me know. Does this, are you worried that that's going to destroy the entrepreneurial creativity that's inherent in what we do? I do not. I, I think that, again, what's interesting is, and, and you and I have talked about this several times, in different formats, in different, uh, you know, way back to salt and pepper. Yeah. Um, and on the Unscripted podcast, I have been predicting for a long time that um, I think people are going to go down two rows. Um, when it comes to our industry, it's going to be sort of, Hey, we're the biggest, we're Walmart, right? We are the price, the price folks. And there's, I'm not critiquing that piece. It's like, Hey, if that's the way you want to compete, compete that way. And then I think the other is the additional services and creative agency sort of model for lack of a better term. And, and by the way, there's a, and, and the, the caveat to this is like, um, Patrick Black Who's, mm-hmm. who's both of our buddies in yeah. Promo Kitchen Chef. He's got an online um, business, but he still markets on creativity. So it doesn't mean that one's an online and one's an offline piece, right? Like, But I think that by adding value, value-added companies are where small businesses and entrepreneurs are going to compete and, frankly, succeed um, because they're going to be able to pivot. Just like To me, it's just like anything else. Like People are talking about how retail is dead. Retail's not dead. Retail is changing. No, it's shifted, absolutely. Yeah, and so I think the same is true for our industry. That's sort of how I uh, visualize it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm not going to compete with Walmart on price, yeah. but man, I might have free Wi-Fi and coffee and, and you right. know have a whole experience where people can come in and have a different service base. And I think that's, to me, that's where things are going to move. Uh, I agree. I, I think I've said this when even before you and I started doing this podcast, I'd said, I think the, the distributors, and I really look at the distributors, that's the business model that's shifting right now. Right. Um, the supplier model is not shifting nearly as radically right. as the distributor model. And I truly believe the distributors that will not only uh, survive, but they'll thrive are the ones that embrace a boutique approach that we are a marketing or a media company and promotional products is one of the things we use to yep. send your message forward. Right. That to me is the approach. If I were starting a promotional products company today, it wouldn't be a promotional products company. It would be a marketing or media company and promotional products would be an enormous part of what I do. Yeah. I don't want to compete with foreign print. You want to know why? They will sell um, cheap plastic stuff that's you know very quick turns far more effectively, far more efficiently, and far more cost effectively than I could ever hope and dream to do. They right. have far more resources when it comes to that. I said in my session in Vegas, and, and it always gets kind of a gasp from the audience. 
because I think so many distributors are focused on taking orders. It's like, oh my gosh, someone's calling me. I got to take that order. Right. And they don't realize that it's a 24-piece order for the Johnson family reunion <laughs> where they all want the same shirts for a Disney cruise that they're going on next October. That is a pain in the ass order. Send yeah. them to a four imprint. They will do a much better job than you can ever hope to do. And I, as your end user client, would appreciate you sending me there. And then when I have a more complex, more robust, or I need some advice, I'm going to come to you because I trust you. Right. I trust you enough that you, wow, you're turning away a $240 order or whatever it is. You're turning that away because you think that this company does those type of orders better. And you can give them a left-handed compliment as you do. Hey, these guys are built for small, um, not super creative orders like that, I'm really built for more, um, co- you know, more collaboration, more coordination, and, and far more complexity. But if you want something quick, dirty, simple on a very low co- low, low quantity, these are your guys. It, it's it, you're, you're planting the seed in your clients that right. hey, um, I am far more an expert than these guys are. But if you want something simple, quick and dirty, these are your guys. So I couldn't agree with you more. So yes, there's going to be a corporatization to our industry, and there's going to be people who compete on price. But as Seth Godin would say, um, that's a race to the bottom, and you don't want to win that race. Yeah. So sure. f- don't focus on that. Yeah. So there like you go. It. Good conversation this week, Kirby. All right, bud. Cool. You know what else? You know what else is good, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Oh, that'd be our good friends at Gold Star. Gold Whoop. Star, yeah, I love me some Gold Star. I'm actually holding a fine Gold Star writing instrument in my right hand as I read this lovely little ad. You know, they really want everybody to experience simplicity. I hear you clicking Thanks. a Gold Star uh, writing instrument as I'm reading this, Kirby. Yeah, it says the Good Doctor. Actually. Oh, it's the that, pen I'm using. Oh, I, I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually holding a Sergeant of Swag one. So there you go. <laughs> I love it. Staff Sergeant of Swag. So they want you to experience simplicity. They really do focus on making the buying process as easy as possible. They have that all-inclusive pricing that includes setup and decoration. There's no hidden fees like proof fees ever, ever, ever. Free ground shipping on all their writing instruments. And that's to the U.S. and Canada. Always, always, always free sales and marketing tools. They're going to help you wow your customers and most importantly, convert a lead to a sale. We all want more conversions. They have low minimums on drinkware. And hey, did I mention, Kirby, no setup fees? That's beautiful. You know, so you want a free Simplicity Starter Kit, go ahead and go online to goldstarpens.com slash unscripted. Go ahead and let's get branding. Let's get branding with writing instruments and other products that you can experience Simplicity using, Kirby. Love it. Love awesome. It. Kirby, we got a great fill-in-the-blank today. I don't know if you have a theme. Do you have a theme today? I don't. I okay. have just random-ass questions. Okay, I have a theme, <laughs> and it's all about the big game. Now, we can't use the phrase. Uh, I can't even use it because we're not sponsored by the NFL. We don't have permission to do that. So we're going to talk about, quote-unquote, the big game on Sunday, Kirby. Okay. Blank is the amount of Amy's money you will wager on the big game and various activities surrounding said big game, like the coin flip, the first score, the first interception, or if there's a safety. That would be a zero. I am not a. I'm not a wager guy. I don't okay. waste. And, and let me just tell you, Amy and I share a checking account, so okay. there's no there's no Amy's money versus my money on this. So I I'm not I'm not one who wagers really at all. Like yeah. you know what I mean. Like I I don't like even on other 
sporting events or whatever, I'm not a, a guy who gambles a lot, and so I would gamble no money, but I am super interested in it. Okay, one real quick thing. Uh, I am going to disagree. I have a joint checking, checking account with Sandy as well, and trust me, that is all of Amy's money. <laughs> yes, no, that's fair. That's fair. I, that's, right. a, that's a good, good clarification. All right, go ahead, sir. All right, so you're not a coffee guy. Uh, not generally, no. Yeah, so the thing you do to give yourself a midday pickup is... Um, I get up and walk around, just give a little little bit of blood flow and a little bit of, of movement. Um, I, if it's nice out, I do like to take a walk outside. If it's cold outside, um, I'll just get up and walk around the office and go talk to, to Brandon or Anna uh, mm-hmm. just to kind of shake up my day. I think it's very easy. You know, we have a small office, um, and it's very easy for us to get stuck in our offices. And, totally. You know, Brandon's working on what Brandon's working on, and, and Anna's working on what she is, and I'm doing what I'm doing. So I like to get up and just kind of talk to everybody and, and – uh, so that that's what I do. I'm not. I, I can't drink coffee in the middle of the day. That just sounds really horrible. <laughs> fair. That's totally fair. Kirby blank is the number of hours of pregame coverage you'll watch leading up to kickoff of the big game. Now nah, that's a great question. I've I've varied on this one. Yep. So like there are times where I'll just have it on, but I think the amount of pregame um, coverage is absurd. Um, so I I would say an hour. Okay. At this point, I'm probably, you know, there have been a couple times where I've been really into the teams that were playing, uh-huh. and so I would watch more. Um, but I would say an hour leading up to it is probably an hour more than I need. Yep. Um, just because we've talked, you know, two weeks of the game, we've talked it to death. So one hour of pregame coverage will be plenty for me to have a couple beverages. There you go. Got it. Cool. So I know that you get very um, anal, for lack of a better term, about the charging on your phone. Yes. So the amount of gas you have in the tank when you feel compelled to get more gas is... Anything below a quarter tank, you are living dangerously. So (laughs) there is nothing that drives me into serious tension when um, that little thing on my dashboard comes on and starts telling me 36 miles to empty and it's flashing at me and just taunting me. And, and, And I know it's an inexact thing. So to me, it's basically on fumes at that moment. Because there's been plenty of times I think I've got five miles of the gas station and all of a sudden it start, it's from 22 miles to empty and it goes to like the three dashes. It won't even tell me zero. It just tells me, dude, seriously, get gas. I, I about have a panic attack. So around a quarter of a tank, I'll fill up with gas. And especially in this weather, if you have anything oh, less yeah. than a quarter of a tank, you are actually are risking for your gasoline to freeze. And so a little proactive gas, but the, the water vapor in your gas tank to freeze, which would cause all sorts of damage to your motor vehicle. Um, but anything less than a quarter tank, Kirby, and you are just really living on the edge. Yeah. I, actually, this is one of the ones where I'd agree with you, bro. Cool. Here's the thing. If you've run out of gas before... Trust me, and I have. Um, I ran out of gas once. For a quick story, I ran out of gas once in college uh, from between Waco and College Station, Texas. And at the time, I was driving a Volkswagen Bug, and I was in Waco with my roommate. He played in a band in Waco at Baylor, and um, I was I was just I just wanted to go back. And so it was literally ten o'clock at night. I had half a tank, which should have been more than enough to go the ninety miles from um, Waco to College Station. And for whatever reason, and I'm not a car guy no matter how hard i floored my car it would only go 60 miles an hour it was very strange and like it was almost like a governor was on my uh, gas pedal Mm -hmm. it was burning gas like nobody's business and runs out of gas 10 miles outside of the big thriving metropolis of calvert texas on highway six so there i am at 10 45 at night and i had to wave somebody down 
uh, three guys show up, uh, four guys show up in a giant Chevy Impala. <laughs> and I explained my plight, and they said, we'll take you to the town. I mean, this is 1988. Okay. Wow. And I get in, I get in the back seat behind the driver, and I'll never forget this as long as I live, and I'm now reliving this story, and I can't believe I'm sharing this, but it's kind of funny. Um, so guy, uh, the passenger says, so you got any money? <laughs> and I said, well, I got 10 bucks, which is literally all I had, $10 for gas. And I said, I got $10 for gas. And I'm nervous, by the way. I'm, like, freaking out. And he goes, you got any major credit cards? <laughs> and I'm, like, thinking, I am about to get butchered and left on the side of the road. And I said, no, I don't, because I had no credit cards at the time, zero, right? I literally had $10 in cash and a checkbook. That's all I yeah. had. And he said, and I said, no, just just the cash. And he goes, well, you're effed. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but moral of the story, they dropped me off at the gas station. It was one of these small town, one light, small towns. Guy had a gas station, lived above his gas station. I had to go knock on his door, wake the guy up. God bless this man. He got me. He, he, he let me borrow a, a uh, little uh, gas can. We filled it up with a gallon of gas. He put me in his tow truck, drove me out 10 miles outside of town. Uh, I had to siphon the gas, so I swallowed a little bit of of the gas, threw up, so that was fun, and then drove back to the station. I, I, you know, got enough gas to get back back to home, and I didn't have enough money to, like, you know, reward him. And, you know, nice old man just like, hey, you know, that's all happened to all of us. So, um, yeah, so once something like that happens to you, you freak out if your gas gets below 25% full. <laughs> yeah, all I can picture is somebody telling you you have a pretty mouth. But uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you, talk, you talk pretty. Um, all right, Kirby. You will. Sorry to go on a tangent like <laughs> That's that. totally good. You will do blank while Maroon 5 is playing their greatest hits during halftime at the big game. Uh, you know, I, I tend to check out the halftime show. I enjoy the uh, the music and just kind of see how it's going to look, how they perform, and then what people are going to complain about mm-hmm. um, in the free concert that the uh, world has been given yep. um, that you're not paying tickets for. So yeah, I'll check out the. Usually, I go grab a beer and then watch the uh, watch the festivities. So I, I usually enjoy the halftime show. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, um, we have joked about Hallmark movies, right? About yes, our we wives have. both. But what's your one guilty pleasure for entertainment might be? Oh, Elvis movies. Okay. Uh, there's nothing better on a, a cloudy, dreary Saturday afternoon if you've got nothing going on and you, an Elvis movie comes on because uh, he always gets the girl. He's going to sing a couple pleasant songs about clam bakes or something like that. <laughs> and you can drift in and out of it, you know, in consciousness, and, and everything works out just fine in the end. There's nothing better than an Elvis movie for that. So as much as we make fun of the Hallmark movies, my version of the Hallmark movie is the Elvis movie. I like it. Okay, cool. Kirby, the winner of the big game will be blank, and the final score will be blank. Okay, cool. So I'm just going to give you I'm going to give you my answer, but yeah. my final question to you is essentially the same question. Okay, fair okay, enough. So, yeah. so uh, the winner of the big game, it is nearly impossible at this point in my life to bet against <laughs> the yeah. uh, New England Patriots. So yep. I will call it 34-28 New nice. England Patriots over the Rams. Nice. All right, Kirby. I am going to go in a little bit of an upset here. Okay. And I'm going to say the Rams are going to win, and wow, it's going okay. to be in a squeaker, 31-28. to 28. 31 to 28. Wow, that sounds like you're uh, predicting a great game then. And if Joel Moore is listening, I am predicting the Patriots will win <laughs> 70, 77 to 2. 
No, just I, because they purposefully give up a, a safety. Right? Yeah, no, I know. I actually, I think the Rams have a chance here. It's one of those things. Uh, I, I just hope it's a close game, like always. Yeah. All right, Kirby. So rapid fire this week. We are going to do a rapid fire, and it's not focused on. I was thinking of focusing on Super Bowl. Uh, sorry, we can't say that. Sorry, big game um, eats and treats. Okay. Um, I'm going to focus just on chicken wings, Kirby. We are okay. focused only on chicken wings. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am going to give you. Let's just recap. I'm going to give you two choices. You pick one of the other it's a very simple little game we play you pick one or the other no explanations you have really one or two choices are you clear one or two choices yes no well you have one choice you you, (laughs) you pick one from the two stop trying to screw me up all right here we go are you ready this is all about chicken wings kirby and are you a fan of chicken wings right i guess sure you get oh my gosh (laughs) all right kirby (laughs) we're off to a very poor start dry rubber sauce (laughs) Uh, Dry rub. Buffalo Wild Wings or Hooters? Buffalo Wild Wings. Drummies or Flappers? I don't even know what that is. Uh, Flappers. All right. 10 wings or 20 wings? 10 wings. Ranch or blue cheese? Ranch, for sure. Celery or carrots? Celery. Deep fried or smoked? Deep fried. Breaded or naked? Naked. Mild or medium? Mild. Frank's Red Hot or Texas Pete's Wing Sauce? Um, no idea. Uh, Texas, Texas Pete. Pete? Good. Yeah, sure. Uh, sweet barbecue or bourbon honey mustard? Uh, sweet barbecue. Salt and vinegar or lemon pepper? On a wing? Kirby. Uh, <laughs> uh, lemon pepper. Garlic parmesan or jerk? <laughs> I will go with garlic parmesan and not say that you're a jerk. Thank you. Mango habanero or Thai curry? Thai curry. Pineapple teriyaki or apricot glazed? Pineapple. Neither one was the answer to that last one, Kirby. <laughs> I don't want any sort of weird fruit flavor on my common yard bird wing, so I'm sorry. Once again, you failed. Sure. We will try again next week. I just still really don't understand why you struggle with this so much. I don't but you either. know what? One thing I don't struggle with, Kirby? What's that, Bill? That is learning how to grow my distributor business from the sales funnel. Uh, attracting and converting new business all the way through customer retention optimization. And that's what the good people common common screw. Common skew are going to teach you at their common skew sessions. They're kicking those off this year. They're going to be heading to Dallas, Chicago, Los Angeles, and New York City. Learn how you can amp up your sales and up your game. And get your tickets if you're so inclined, and I think you should be, at commonskewsessions.com. Kirby, as always, it's a pleasure to do this fine gold-level platinum podcast for people (laughs) with you, and I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point, so I think it's time we say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.